Hello and welcome to Sisters Web. It has been quite a long time, so um, hi Merrin. Hi Tabs. <laughs> Here we are, the sisters are back. My amazing sister, Merrin Somerset Webb, as you know, the clever one, and uh, me, Tabitha. I used to just be able to call myself a fashion designer, but now I'm also going to call myself an author because in a slightly boasty way, my book was published last week. Yeah, and I have a copy in my hands right here and it's very pink. Very pink, <laughs> yes. very pink and yellow, which is a, a, an interesting color combo. Very nice. But from what I remember when I wrote my book is you get no choice in the cover. Did you choose this cover? Do you know what I love is that probably the only thing you know about my book is the color of the cover. No, I know a lot about your book. I opened <laughs> yes. it randomly the other day and started reading aloud, which turned out to be a mistake because my 11 year old son was in the room. So I won't be doing that again. Yeah, but how happy was he? No more sex education needed for him, right? Happy, he's still incredibly confused. <laughs> what was that thing with the boobs, Mum? What was that? Thing? Wasn't meant to confuse him. As you said to me, we should use this as the new sex education book. I feel yeah, like... totally. But you know, maybe for fifteen, sixteen-year-old girls, not for eleven-year-old boys. Well, interestingly, I was at this outdoor barbecue on Friday night, and one of the mothers said to me, "So I've just finished reading your book," and she had her fifteen-year-old daughter with her, and her fifteen-year-old daughter turned around to me and said, "I really want to read your book," and my mother has said that I can't. Do you think that I can? So mm. I said, well, I absolutely think that you can. And I also think that you should. So, and the mother was like, do you really think that's appropriate? And I said, at 15, yes, I think it's fine. She'd learn a lot. Appropriate what or she, not appropriate? What would she, what would she learn, Tabitha? Um, she'd learn that, you know, to be strong and powerful and to always go for what you want to go for. And maybe a little bit about what, you know, the birds and the bees, you know, that kind of thing. Okay, let's go back to, let's go back to strong and powerful. Okay, so you've got four female characters in here. No, three female characters. Oh I my have read God, this book. no, three. three. Stella, Anna, Dixie. You're right? just reading that. You're reading that off the back cover now, I can tell. Yeah, the back color cover, by the way, everybody is also pink. And okay, also so let a... me, can, can I tell you about the cover? You asked me about the cover. So I actually had a yellow cover and I really uh -huh. wanted my yellow cover and no regrets was in pink. And the peach was the O of the no. This to me was like the dream cover. And then you're absolutely right. Uh, HarperCollins were like, no. You're going to have a pink cover with the yellow writing. And it completely Ooh. threw me because I really, really loved my first cover. And then I realised that actually it wasn't anything to do with me. And I, you know, I could express an opinion, but they weren't going to listen. Do you know what? HarperCollins published my book. What are we now? 14 years ago. Okay, don't be rude about them because they're still my no, publisher. No, no, no. No, I'm yeah. not going to. I'm just going to say that my cover was also pink. And it was a oh, finance was book. Yeah. And I wasn't really mad for a pink cover because I didn't want it to be all lady, lady, you know, because it's a personal finance book. It was specifically aimed at women, but I didn't oh want it God, to be Oh my God, it was the same feminine. color. It was it's, the it's, same but color. But I'm looking at them now. I can see my book on, on the shelf in my book and I'm holding your book in my hand. And I'm thinking, hang on, is this the only color they have? That's amazing. Isn't that interesting? What number in the charts did you, what was the highest your book ever got? Absolute highest, number eight. That is amazing. You got in the top 10, did you? Yeah, yeah, I got in the top 10. I mean, for about a second, nanosecond. Was that in overall books or just in financial books? Overall books. <laughs> What's overall books. Absolutely. Incredible. Number one in financial books for a little while, but number one in, in, in ordinary books. And that was because um, uh, somebody else had written a book that was much more successful. And they were, this was when they were just beginning to climb the charts and they were in the 20s somewhere. And they started complaining about how... Uh, they were only number 20 and there were sort of all these boring other books above them. And one of them was this book called, um, you know, Love is Not Enough and It's About Money and Why the Hell is That Above My Book, etc, etc, etc. And then they started talking about my book and suddenly I was number eight. 
And so I desperately tried to print it out so I would have proof, but I'm not sure I ever made it. I have no bit of paper proving it. So that's amazing. So you kind of got there by default, in a way. but you got there because people spoke about it because they didn't really want you to be there in a way yes and because then they started talking about this brilliant book about personal finance Mm. for women and how important that was and everyone thought yes personal finance for women is very important and they went and bought the book that's so do do you remember that lady that we met who was that was completely obsessed with you who had the book on her bedside table no yes you do and then we took her out to lunch a couple of times did we Yes, and she wanted to be our sister. What was her name? And she was just completely smitten by you. And, and, and you were the Bible of her life with that book. Do you, oh, you must remember this. I don't know, but I love her. I absolutely love her. Whoever she is, I love her. I'd like to have lunch with her again. But, but let's not talk about my book because those <laughs> days are long gone. And uh, I'm, I'm a few pages into my new book, but I'm never going to finish it. I know oh, go on. Now. Just write another one. No. I'll put some sex scenes in it for you and make it more interesting. And you'll maybe get a bigger audience. Not everybody thinks that sex scenes makes books, make books more interesting. I I'm wouldn't be jolly surprised if halfway through a rant about shareholder democracy they suddenly find a sex scene. They'd probably be really relieved, to be honest. Wouldn't they? I mean, would you know? Do you know what, we, we have different readers, darling. We have different readers. Now, listen, who are the readers of your book? Who's reading this? And what are they saying about it? I'll tell you what, actually. Let's, let's look at what they're saying about no! it. No! Yeah, I, I, I will tell you, there's, there's one, one woman called Dawn who gave me one star review and said boring. And she was my first reviewer. Whoever you are, Dawn, I think you'd probably prefer Maren's financial book to my book. But but I'm going to hunt you down. Maybe it wasn't racy enough for her. You know what I mean? Well, you know, or maybe it was just a bit too racy. I feel quite mortified that a lady called Jude, who lives on the other side of um, our village in the field, said mm-hmm. to me this morning, and Jude's probably in her mid 60s she said oh your book's just arrived and I went oh gosh I said are you gonna read it she said oh I can't wait she said I'm taking it on holiday and I said Jude I said just feel like I need to warn you that you know it's a bit racy the book oh she said I can't wait racy like what and I said well we have been number one in the lesbian romance charts last yeah, week you were, and you? are you still there we're not at the moment but uh, no, but you'll I get, get back you'll get back there I did take a picture and I did print it out because unlike you, I'm going to frame that moment. <laughs> yeah, no, quite right. Quite I feel right. like that's, that's bucket list. Yeah, and, it and is. I'm also going to frame that I got to 304 in the overall book charts and you told that's me that was amazing. Great. It is amazing. There are an awful lot of books published these days. And I thought, oh, I'll publish that. But listen, who, who yes. did you write it for? Who did you expect to be the reader? I'm running my eye down the reviews and I'm pretty sure they're not all your mates. Right, because there are quite a lot of them. Um, deliciously <laughs> witty and brilliantly written novels. Such a fun read. Blistered in a day. Perfect escapism. Really enjoyed reading this book. Blah, blah, blah. We'll skip that. We'll skip that one star. Loved it. Didn't want to put it down. Read it now. Um, I, my own review, which obviously is 100% valid, uh, says Absolutely. perfect, perfect poolside re- read unless you're a prude. <laughs> well, it, yours is absolutely bang on because you haven't completely read it all. Well, I've read enough to know that if I was a prude, I shouldn't read it all. So maybe I okay, am. Okay, fine. Knows. Okay, um, you're not, but yeah. Cheerful book. But then here's something I want to know. Who are the people who go on Amazon and write nine paragraph reviews, which basically reveal the entire plot of the book? Well, I mean, given the plot's not 
that complicated it's probably quite easy to reveal the whole plot but um i mean it's it's an interesting thing and i guess i wrote the book for me so for like your mum in her early 40s who has got married had kids lost her identity wants to refind herself get her career back you mm -hmm. know thinks she's lost her joie de vivre wants to lose some weight and thinks that actually uh, maybe there's more to life than what's become her slightly boring husband and her highly irritating children <laughs> Your husband is not slightly boring. I'm not saying that my husband is. I'm saying that this is a thing that some women might think. When you lose, you know, <laughs> you think you want more out of life. And then there's a woman in her early 40s who is yet to conceive. And I'm saying, you know what? That's still possible. And somebody who thinks they are never going to meet their future partner. They're just going to be single for the rest of their lives. They're a complete commitment phobe. And then they do fall in love. So all these things can But what's happen. wrong with being single all your life? Well, I mean, I mean some people find that a very, very satisfying way to live. And sometimes I look around and think, gosh, that would be a really satisfying <laughs> way to live. I mean, I agree with you. <laughs> Do you think it's something that maybe we should all aspire to rather well, than Well, it's dread? too late, isn't it? Too late. Yeah, I guess it's too late. Do you have friends who are single and are really happy? Look at this, energetically explicit. Oh, that's Ooh. a good one. Energy, da, 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 da. I'd come across Tabitha Webb before and discovered she is the go-to fashion designer loved by the Duchess of Cambridge. Does the Duchess of Cambridge know this? Hmm. Well, I thought I'd be in for a fluffy and genteel <laughs> book with love and romance at the centre. Instead of which, some descriptions are really quite shocking. So there's definitely a thing, right, where I feel people perceive me in one way as a designer to people like the future queen. And they think that probably my book was going to be all fluffy and pretty and full of colour, which it definitely is full of colour, but perhaps took them down a slightly filthier route than they were expecting. And, and it made me feel quite bad. I was like, God, I wonder whether I've really shocked a certain part of my audience who really wasn't expecting that from me. Maybe I'm having a midlife crisis, said Stella. It happens, you know. <laughs> Sexual fluidity is all the rage at the moment. Sexual fluidity? What does that even mean? Asked Anna. I guess it means that you're drawn to people because of their energy and your chemistry, not because they are male or female. Desire is simply desire, however it shows itself. Perhaps a female friendship develops into something more because that person makes you the happiest. Keep talking, love, Dixon. <laughs> no, have you? My God, you know what? I listen to that and I think I am so woke. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm like I'm I'm so you know diverse it's interesting Tabitha because I never think of you as being sexually fluid or indeed um no. bi, <laughs> bisexually inclined oh dear I'm having vocabulary issues here um so where did the inspiration for this come from is this because this is the zeitgeist of the moment this idea of sexual fluidity and uh you know no real gender etc etc where did this come no, it, from? It, it, that is definitely where it came from. It, it is the zeitgeist thing, isn't it? It's like everybody, you know, even at this thing we were at the other night, everyone's talking about how they shouldn't be guiding their children in one way or the other, and everyone should be able to be fluid and kind of just see people as people and go with their energies. So I thought I would try and delve into that as an area. And, you know, probably the older generation, like myself and yourself, it's not really, we don't really get it so much, do we? Because, I mean, you, would you think of yourself as woke and and aware of no. that kind of thing no aware aware definitely woke no no but listen there's, there's one particular line that i'm just oh, reading God. now that i rather yeah. like okay, okay. Um, she was very flustered the swelling excitement in her stomach didn't stop that do you know that what that reminds me of do you remember when we were at school many 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 years ago yeah. and it was all the rage to read mills and boone yes 
Yes, and do you remember all the euphemisms there were for anything to do with sex? And it took me years, years to figure out what they had meant when they talked about men having hardening thighs. <laughs> what did they mean by men having hardening thighs, man? You know perfectly well what they mean by men having hardening thighs. <laughs> I mean, so this is where the word... You know, I was probably 25 before I had the faintest idea what they were trying to say. That's that was so weird... true! No, no I... I, mean, it... I mean, in terms of the euphemisms themselves. Yes. You I know, mean... because when you're 13, 14, you read that stuff and you're like, I don't know. And then if you were to read it again when you're 25, you're like, oh. I or even see. 17 or possibly even 16. But you know what I mean? This, they, they were so full of this inability to be explicit. That, in fact, it was incredibly confusing for girls. No danger of that and no regrets, just saying. No danger of that and no regrets. Um, you're obviously reading The Temptation, Mills and Boons, rather than The Romance, Mills and Boons, because The Temptation ones were obviously the filthiest and the ones that I, I always went for. But I, there were three of us at school, me, Catherine Barber and Jennifer Tannett, who ended up being head girl, God knows how. Do they um, want you to say whatever you are about to say about them, Tabitha? Oh, yes. So the three of us... Are you sit, sure? Absolutely sure. Oh, they're so proud. Honestly, we have our WhatsApp group. They can't believe that out of the three of us who used to sit and write our sex scenes together in science lessons, which is why I got 10% in chemistry, we'd pass our sex scenes that we were writing to and from each other and we'd write sentence after sentence until we finally came to the almighty climax before the bell rang. And, um, you know, we just, we just write our own Mills and Boone on and on and on. Mm -hmm. So for them, the fact that I actually have a novel with filth in words like um, pulsating and swelling and moist in it. It's... All right, how about this? I promise I will keep you safe forever, Dixie. This is just the beginning of your story, said Freddie with tears in his eyes as his fingers fumbled inside her pyjamas, testing her hot warmth. <laughs> she was waiting for him. I just found this disgusting, Somebody spelled the word too wrong. As his fingers fumbled inside her, her pyjamas, as opposed to inside her pyjamas, in unless that is yet another euphemism that I don't understand. It probably is. It's best to assume that it is another euphemism, um, because we wouldn't want anyone to think that this was not a literary <laughs> success. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the best thing is... is um, I have to stop is... opening random pages in this book. I have to stop. Christ. Do you, do you know what the worst thing is? Is I was trying to read extracts, for, find extracts for people to read, and I realised that every time you open the book at another page, there's more sex, and it's mm. very, very hard to find a page. That's, that's what I keep saying to the kids. Don't open that book. Line. Don't open that book. But, yeah, I mean, I think... Can't get Dad to read it. Dad's definitely not going to read it. No, don't let Dad read it. Don't let um, Dad read it. Yeah. Okay, so quite a lot of people, obviously, are reading it. Yes, um, which is great. And it's, it's become a really... Um, good summer read for book clubs so lots of book clubs are reading it and I'm getting you know that you know those school mothers who always just politely wave to at the school gate a lot of them are reading it and I am dreading the 2nd of September <laughs> when I drive back to school and I'm just going to be able to see a slightly different look in their eyes like we know something about you anyway you know maybe what they'll is be it you think they know that they didn't know already well I don't think any of them knew that I you know they all just thought I was a nice sweet fashion designer Nobody knew my didn't. dark secrets, but they didn't. <laughs> I kept my, I'm a very closed book, Marin. <laughs> but listen, Tabitha, this yes. is a perfect poolside read, and I yep. expected people to read it beside the pool in Spain for it to be passed around in Magaluf. Magaluf? Magaluf. You can't even say it, Magaluf. Yeah. That place. No one's going to Spain. No one's going to France. No one's hanging out by the pool in Provence. 
Are people really going to read this kind of book on a staycation? Where's the pool? I've got to say, you know, for us, that is absolutely gutting because obviously it's um, retailers like WH Smith's Travel that we we really wanted and mm. we needed. Mm. And of course, you know, they're struggling for months and months of being shut. So mm. they are not buying in debut authors. They're not buying in new books. And, um, you know, the, the, the cover was created to be the cover that you pick up off the table because it's bright pink and you think, oh, my God, I'm going to go and read that with my rosé. So, yeah. you know, it's gutting and we are having to try and find other ways to sell it. But, you know, I think for everybody who's published now and loads of people have pushed to publish their books now rather than during actual lockdown. Competition is fierce and, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we've just had to take what we can get, really. So um, it's gutting. And hopefully now, after they've heard all the sex scenes that you've read, everyone will go and read it and get us back to number one in the lesbian romance charts this week. You're going on holiday. You yes. were going to go to Provence. I don't know if you're actually going to go to Provence. You probably won't come to Scotland because you never do. Um, yes. But when you do go on holiday, what are you going to read? Well, interestingly... It's not I a trick question, by the way. I've just started reading Where the Crawdads Sing. Have you read it? Is, yes. Yes, I have. Have you? I have. Have you? I have. Yeah. I, someone gave it to me for my birthday and I did read it. And I thought it was excellent at the beginning, excellent at the end and extremely boring in the middle. Yeah, so I'm kind of a couple of chapters in and I'm torn between thinking, is it just too deep and emotive or is it amazing? And that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. So I don't, I'm think, I don't think it's too deep and emotive. It, it's, it's an excellent story, but it's, um, you know, the end by the middle, um, which I always find rather trying in a book. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's very beautifully written and it's very uh, evocative of the, of the environment. But yeah. by the time you get to chapter four or five, you're kind of evoked out. Yeah. I, mean, I don't need to know any more about the swamps she needed um, more sex scenes I mean and then I'll probably just take Pandora Sykes's book and you know because she just seems to be getting number one all the time which is slightly annoying so I kind of need to see what she's doing that I'm not okay. um but I, I do feel a bit about going to Provence you know I feel completely thrown about it because this quarantine thing is hanging over all of us isn't it and it's mm. like what if we go and we're there for three days and they bring in the quarantine and then we have to quarantine for 14 days and the kids can't go back to school and um it's definitely adding a level of stress for everyone isn't it but what's going to happen mez have the faintest idea tabs uh, are we going to have a second wave where are you at on that you always have an opinion on that do i have an opinion on second wave i'm not sure we will have a second wave um but it depends how you define second wave you know we like to talk about how one defines words these days i mean if you look at the us for example that's not a second wave that's the first wave just carrying on that's an enormous tsunami mm. yeah well it's just the first wave going to the places where it hadn't got to yet and i wonder if at the end we may find that lockdown or no lockdown the virus does the same thing everywhere it just does what it was going to do regardless I'm absolutely convinced of that. I'm convinced. It's and, you know, you look at you look do. at Sweden now where death rates are and infection rates are now very low. They didn't lock down. Uh, the UK now has uh, a very low infection rate per million relative to much of the rest of Europe. And our lockdown was much less severe than everyone else's. And for a long time, it looked as though we were somehow doing worse than everywhere else. But is it still going to look like that in three months? You know, kind of maybe not. So yeah. it may be that an awful lot of what we've done is pointless. But the plus side to that is that it is incredibly unlikely 
that there will anywhere be lockdown lockdowns of the sort of extremity and strictness that there have been in the past anywhere that's just not going to happen so that's one plus and the other plus is that businesses have learned how to work around this you know yeah. not all businesses of course you know a lot of your leisure businesses you know if you've got an ice skating rink or a, or a bowling alley or a casino of course there's no way you can work around this but most other businesses have ways to work around uh, the level of lockdown that we do have so that means that i you know i'm still there with the idea of a v-shaped recovery it's not going to be a, a, a complete v i suppose but people still have money they still have the money left over from furlough they still have the money they saved during lockdown people are in reasonably good financial positions we don't know where unemployment is going to go uh, up but will it really be as extreme as people think i'm not i am not sure on that there's heavy pent-up demand in the economy and we're seeing that come through do you know what i spent all of yesterday doing shopping well, yes, actually, but not in the way that, you, that I think you think. Um, House I spent, shopping? Nope. nope. I spent most of yesterday driving around Edinburgh looking for a callow gas cylinder for my barbecue because a child who's going to have to be nameless uh, left the gas, uh, one of the one of the you know roundy things, turned on mm. on the barbecue and all the gas leaked away into the air, which is shocking. So yeah. I set out yesterday morning to get a new, um, a new cylinder. So I went to B&Q, which is where I get the cylinders. No cylinders sold up. And the other BNQ, no cylinders sold out. I telephoned all the garden centers, sold out. I went to every WM Morrison in the city, which is the other supplier in Edinburgh. Absolutely not a gas cylinder left in town. So you think we should open a gas cylinder business? That wasn't no. exactly where I was going. <laughs> Okay. But but yes, yes. Okay. But it's a bloody no. good idea. Mm. It is a signal. It's a signal that people are out and about. People are having barbecues, they're socializing, they're buying barbecues, by the way, trying to buy a gas barbecue online. Uh, you know, people mm. are desperate for life to go back to normal. And if they can't have supper parties, dinner parties, family gatherings inside, what will they do? They will buy a barbecue and they will have those bloody family gatherings outside. And that's just a signal to you of how economies and people adapt to new situations. So the disappearance of callow gas in Edinburgh is absolutely infuriating because I had people around last night and I wanted to barbecue sausages, but be that as it may, it's an excellent signal of the way we are so economically and socially adapted. We're very pleased with it. If anyone knows where I can get a callow gas cylinder in Edinburgh, please just drop me a line. Please, please just let her know. What or I mean, if you have a spare. <laughs> I don't think anyone's gonna give you that. Um, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I keep reading that China are doing this remarkable recovery and they reckon by the year end, their output will have been equal to where they would have been without the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's extraordinary, isn't it? I find that quite amazing. That is absolutely your V-shape, isn't it? They've just done a yeah. complete recovery there. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and it, it's nearly too. like it never happened. Mm -hmm. And it'll yeah. be like that here in the not too distant future. And you look at, you know, you hear a lot about the different treatments. There are so many treatments now that can reduce death rates. There are, you know, everybody knows how to behave now, which reduces infection rates. Yeah, but anyway. so many people aren't behaving. But yes, I well, think. Well, people at risk are, and that's the important thing. Well, yes, but still, everybody's still at risk. I, for me, that's still the thing, is that it, it, it is still everybody who's at risk. Well, yes and no, you're barely yeah. at risk. Well, you know, getting on, isn't it? You know, mm. but yeah. Um, mm. And okay, good. Well, I mean, you know, I find this a very cheering note to finish on. I, I, it has been so awesome to catch up with you, even though you're my sister. Um, my, ne my next bit of research is um, I think I'm going to buy some pygmy goats. The, the, oh, sorry. I'm going to buy some pygmy goats. Have you seen those little baby pygmy goats? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. They are. Um, I, 
our next door neighbour has them in the garden. They're the cutest thing. I mean, Betsy puts them on a lead and walks them around the garden. They're the cutest thing I've ever seen. Um, she wants to call them apple blossom and strawberry blossom. How can I not get her a couple of little pygmy goats? They eat the grass and they cuddle you. You know. Said it before, much, say it again. V-shaped recovery. Much better than a lawnmower. We, we are back. Um, we apologise for our little delay um, while I went off to launch books and Marion went to, you know, buy horses or something. And um, we'll be back with some fabulous guests for you next week. That's true. If, any, if anyone has a, you know, really great 15-2 eventing schoolmaster for sale, also call me. <laughs> V-shaped recovery. Um, <laughs> lots of love. Thank you for listening, everyone. And goodbye. Buy my book. Bye.